Matter. Time now to discuss, though, how cyber criminals have been taking advantage during the coronavirus lockdown. Cybersecurity expert John McLaughlin joining us live on the line. Now, John, good morning. Good morning, Atlas. So, I mean, before we went into lockdown, uh, cybersecurity was already an issue, uh, but it seems as though uh, the uh, cyber criminals have not. Uh, well, at least the cyber criminals have been as busy as uh, as health workers and those uh, working in essential services to try and keep their economy going. Well, for <laughs> they've definitely been keeping uh, their own economy going. That 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 that's without that's without a doubt. I think. Yeah, as you mentioned, cyber security has been an issue prior to lockdown. Um, things just seem to explode as any uh, global outbreak uh, uh, happens. I mean, you know, the cyber criminals rely on our fear and, and the uncertainty that's, that's driven out there that uh, uh, to, to then target individuals. And, of course, the attack surface suddenly became so much bigger um, with everyone just, I mean, most of the world suddenly overnight and essentially uh, moving moving to new places of work. So lead us through it, uh, John. I mean, how are the uh, uh, modus operandi of cyber criminals changing now that more people are not only working from home, but, but living their lives out online? Uh, you know, traditional cyber attacks come in the form of you know, your bank, your online banking being attacked, but people are being hoodwinked in very, very strange and new ways. Uh, absolutely. So, so many more channels are being utilised. So, uh, we're, we're seeing attacks that, I mean, most attacks still start via email. However, social engineering, uh, where they they kick the, the person on the other side, uh, has grown tremendously. So, the fact that everyone's expecting everything to happen online, um, there's tens of thousands of domains that have been registered around COVID-19, uh, all with malicious activity associated with them. Uh, people are more prone to clicking on links just because they're, they're hungry for news. Um, they, they look you know, they set up a fake news site to, to steal uh, login credentials um, is rife. And then, of course, you've got uh, SMS uh, and, and, and WhatsApp type places as well. Um, we've also seen an increase in uh, people using... Uh, just altering uh, traditional things and, and going after things like um, airtime and data being shared, and and and, and, the, and people are falling prey left and right. So we'll we'll talk about those uh, online scams that uh, aren't aren't even that sophisticated. I'm, I must be honest, but let's take a, a step back and remind ourselves what are the the most common forms of cybercrime. Maybe. Uh, define for us what phishing means, for instance. Yeah, well, phishing essentially, uh, is, as the word sounds, uh, is that people are out to get at your information. More often than not, they're after login details and credentials because everything happens electronically nowadays and very few people um, are, are, are using multiple levels of authentication. So we'll direct you to a fake website of some kind. Um, it'll look like either your bank or even your own email service provider. Um, companies that are on things like Office 365, et cetera, where, where fake details are on it. And if they aren't the correct measures in place, people put in their usernames and passwords. And once someone has that information, all they have to do is wait. One of the most critical things about cyber criminals 
is that they're patient. They, uh, once they have credentials, they'll take their time and wait for the right piece of information, learn more about you, learn about your business, how it operates, who sends the invoices, do you, where do you store all your sensitive information and utilize that to gain a foothold within your business so that they, uh, or in your private life to be honest, um, so that they then can launch the attack when the time is right. If I'm in your email, there's nothing I need to do. It's exceptionally low risk. I've just got to wait for the right piece of data. Very true. And I mean, it doesn't only happen uh, online in your email. I've also heard of a, a fairly new thing to my mind is SMS phishing. 100%. Because uh, and, uh, and the, the principles are the same. Um, the, the fact that people are hitting these links and sending information online from a mobile device uh, doesn't really matter. So wherever the SMS phishing might go, there's also a thing, uh, as it's referred to as vishing, where there's a massive amount of people who are calling and using the phone. So it's voice phishing, uh, which is where the vishing comes from. Um, and essentially then where people will call you, push you for information, or be working through uh, things on, on various online systems, tell you a, a good story such as, uh, for example, an organization you trust, maybe a mobile operator, your bank, etc. They pretend to be from those organizations, tell you that there's some kind of fraudulent activity in your account while they're actually accessing things online. I say, well, in order to secure it, just give me the one-time print that's been sent to your phone. Um, and, and people are, are trusting that everything they hear is absolutely true or everything they read on the Internet is true. Um, just because you see it in a social media site, doesn't mean it's legitimate. It's now more important than ever to try and keep your wits about you, right? And ensure that you don't fall for any of these scams, be it SMS phishing or even people. I've heard stories about you know, receiving a an offer of PPE, personal protective equipment uh, for free on email. If you just provide me, uh, you know, inf- a little bit of information, like uh, like who you bank with or what your address is, hundred percent. And that those are those are those are typical ways that people harvest credentials, and and uh, credential harvesting happens all the time. And like I said, once they once they have that information, there's anything they can do. I think what people need to understand is there's a few very basic things you need to think about. Um, and some of those things are if you didn't ask for support and ask for help on a certain thing, that means that the person that's calling you to provide it isn't the correct person. Um, if you didn't enter a competition, you didn't win it. And be very wary of anything that's major hype at the moment. At the moment, it's a COVID-19, the, the, the free PPE, um, the, the, the news sites, the, the places taking you that tells you how many people are infected in which areas on some domain or site you don't know of. Be wary. Think as if you're in the real world face-to-face with the person. Sure, we're not allowed to do that right now, but if you are, you wouldn't give that kind of information to them. And if it seems too good to be true, it normally is. If you've just joined us, we are chatting to cybersecurity expert. He's JT Software CEO, John McLaughlin, talking about the weird and wacky ways cyber criminals have 
uh, decided to try and take an advantage of the coronavirus crisis. If you have any particular instances where you've been hoodwinked, you can remain anonymous. I don't mind. Uh, give us a call, 011-883-0702. Otherwise, WhatsApp voice note, 072-702-1702. Maybe you, you haven't fallen uh, prey to the cyber criminals, but you have heard of the uh, a really ingenious, innovative way of them trying to get your information or trick you. Uh, it, it it becomes so important now, John, for us to be overtly suspicious and overtly cynical. Uh, it's difficult, uh, you know. In this day and age, we should be trying to rely on the internet and rely on uh, living a life out in line that um, that helps us survive the coronavirus crisis, but. It just becomes so fraught with uh, with challenges when we have people that are trying to steal or trying to take advantage. That's exactly that. And, and, and unfortunately, there's also a lot of people that create a lot of unnecessary hype. I mean, one of the one of the key things when it comes to your personal life or business is there's a few. If you, know, if you have a solid security, well, let's call it a security program in place. And whether you're an individual or a business, this is something you should think about. If you're doing the basics, um, no matter where you are, you stand a much greater chance of, of, of nothing happening. Be prepared, though. Uh, we always say that you must assume compromise. Um, so something at some point will be compromised. Just ensure that you have the correct things in place that you're able to recover without uh, suffering major losses. And look out for things online. I mean, it's just we just need to use our common sense. That's really thing. if if someone offered you something like that standing in front of you on the street, would you believe it? And if not, well, then there's there's, there's very there's very little reason for you to believe it as because it's online. So let's talk about uh, what we can do to try and protect ourselves. I mean, besides this healthy dose of cynicism that we need to bring into our online lives, uh, is it just good enough to try and, uh, and, and download the latest uh, anti-pirating software, anti-cyber uh, crime software, and Bob's your uncle, there you have it? A vast, a vast number of these attacks, of these types of attacks, are, are done by people who are trying to are trying to launch things against tens of thousands of people at a time. So, the whole thing is, if you're doing the, if you're taking the basic, uh, the basic steps of security, there's a lot that you're gonna that you're gonna prevent. So, having modern endpoint protection that 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 enables you to uh, ensure that like against known attacks. Um, also looking at uh, things like web internet security. So no matter where you're accessing it from, you, you have a secure internet gateway effectively that's taking you, uh, taking you out there. Um, make sure you have an adequate and correct backup strategy, whether you're a small business or, or a big one. And, and use the security features that are on the various tools. So if you're using virtual meeting things, like whether it's Teams, whether it's, Zoom, whether it's whatever those things are, there's a there's a lot of these stories that have come out, and it, you know, the whole thing is if you if you're doing the, if you're using the, the basic security measures and all of these, you make it far more difficult. Um, you know, it, it's like if you leave your house, you don't leave the gate and the front door open, and then you'd be surprised if someone enters it uh, if you've been gone all day. Um, you know, just do the basics, and you'll cover a massive amount of those. And knowing something will happen, 
if you put the, the steps in place to, to recover quickly, uh, a breach doesn't have to become a full, a, 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 has, has become a major problem in your life. John, we've got a call in here from Kay in Berea. Kay, what's your question for John? Hi, 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 Nicole, and your guest, good morning. Uh, yeah, your guest, uh, can you perhaps advise me, man? Uh, I've uh, had my uh, my Luno account, you know, I deal with the cryptocurrencies. I had my Luno account hacked twice. And then these hackers normally, you know, they hack me during... In the L hours, like 2 a.m., I'll just receive an SMS saying, uh, please uh, change your password, blah, 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 etc., etc. Can you kindly help me on that space? John, over to you. Yeah, so, so generally, whenever there's any sort of online platform, whatever it happens to be, um, it it's often comes down to, there's a couple of ways that they get this information. Either don't have adequate protection on your own computers that you're using um, and, and, and it's tracking keystrokes and you have some kind of bot on there. So adequate system information there. But also then passwords. Do not ever use easy-to-get passwords and don't store them on your as a contact on, on either your phone or your computer. Um, we, we, we still hear stories of people keeping their passwords in one place um, and then people are using the same password for absolutely everything. Generally, remember, if you are going to be attacked, people will do it when they don't expect you to, to have that. And, and most platforms nowadays will allow for multi-factor authentication, where you have to put in an external code that only you can get. That way, if someone does have your password, they'll still need to also have other access so that they can enter in that multiple, that, that, that other password and, and passcode in there. So again, be wary. Don't use simplified passwords. Uh, use phrases. I always recommend using a phrase or a sentence from one of your favorite movies or use one of our other languages. I mean, still, most people still end up putting their passwords in English for some reason. Um, it's not uh, number one thing, but uh, number one language at home, but yet that's still the way that the password is set up. So uh, make it as difficult as possible, but again, something that would be personalized to you that only you would know. Okay, Maria, I hope that answers your question there. It's a, it's a difficult one though, hey, John. I mean, I... Uh, I, I've also heard, in addition to these stories that, that you have about people using the same password across several different platforms, it's difficult to try and keep a track of the different uh, uh, keywords and ways that you've typed in a password. Um, what's the best way to try and keep a handle on those on on those passwords? I mean, should we we should we always be saving them on a platform so that we don't have to key it in again, or do we need to keep a note of it somewhere and, and ensure that uh, uh, that we have it on hand somewhere? Yeah, there are some there are some exceptional password managers to help with that. So um, I know of certain people that that don't know any of their passwords except for one major one that that's in their password manager, um, and, and that in itself is there. Just make sure you're using a reputable password manager that's been around for a while and doesn't store the doesn't store those passwords in in, in open memory when when you're not using them. 
but there are a number of them that, that you can then utilize if you don't have a pattern for those. Um, I've also spoken to many people who have a pattern depending on what platform it is. So they all know that, for example, a, let's use a Facebook account. That's something they associate with their friends. So with that, they will then use a phrase that's got to do with their best friend, something that happened in high school when they fell down and a couple of lyrics from a song. This gives you a massively complex and long password. And again, because the bulk of attackers are trying to get into thousands of accounts at a time, if it's too complex, they will simply move on. And John, you said you need to try and use the security features on the different video conferencing uh, uh, platforms or other websites that we do use uh, as part of trying to live life on social media and or rather live life online in light of us not having uh, the opportunity to to live life normally uh, are we really at the mercy of uh, of those platforms in terms of them uh, providing the security i mean we, what i'm asking is are we only as safe as those platforms make themselves. Absolutely. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, we we can't do things that aren't possible. Um, however, they, I mean, yes, we we've heard so many stories of people being zoom bombed or and, and those kind of items. But people will host meetings uh, publicly visible, and we've seen it with government. We've seen it with various other things where they'll have publicly visible. Uh, credentials in order to access meetings, but within those meetings, they don't disable things like um, very like open chats. So anyone that's on a public system can essentially then chat with anyone else that's on there. If I can view all the participants, I send uh, send chat messages to them with links in it to strange places. Have you seen this video of this? Have you done this? Have you done? People hit those links and click it. Because in the back of their mind, they're on a meeting with someone they trust. So they then believe that nothing else is going to happen. So also, just because you're there, continue to use common knowledge. Uh, if you know, we, No matter what it is, if we're in the real world, when we're allowed to walk around freely, uh, again, uh, one of the key things are you, you don't walk around uh, with, with money openly hanging out of your pockets. Um, you don't do these kind of things in in in, in the in, in the real world, so to speak. So why do it online? We don't trust absolutely everyone who just walks up to you and asks you for information. Yet we do it on social media every day. You see these things going around social media accounts where they're going, "Oh, well, now we're bored. Let's do this." Where were you born? Give us the, your birth city. What's the name of your first pet? What's the and all of these are common answers to security questions on, on multiple platforms. And, and if they aren't uh, an attempt to try and get your security questions, it's uh, a very easy form of market research for uh, the digital companies that want to sell stuff to you, right? Well, if it's, not, if it's not that, it's also a great way for me to understand what it is exactly that you like. So when I send you a targeted email with an offer which seems too good to be true because of the fact that it touches on everything that is your favorite thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's also a great tool for social engineers. Um, and uh, it, it's be careful of what we share online. You know, if you, oversharing is a massive problem. Use the security settings. Keep things between.
between just your friends that you would only like to keep between your friends. And and also, if you don't really know the people that you're friends with, are you sure they they are legitimate? So be very wary of the types of information. So John, and it comes, John, yeah. uh, as we finish off our conversation here, where do we find out some online tips, uh, some verified online tips, not from people trying to take advantage of us online and how to uh, beef up our cyber security at home? Well, essentially, um, we yeah, uh, I'd, uh, a, a good place to start, hopefully, would be uh, from our website or or follow me on Twitter. I'll try to send some uh, things out on there, J2JohnMC. And alternatively, other or, or reputable organizations such as Fabric have, have great awareness programs. Um, and and, and we, we try and share that information as we go. I mean, that's that's the core. We want to, we as J2 want to share tips and that with people that are out there because by doing the basics you can cover so much of the risk that is that is that is flying about john mclaughlin cybersecurity expert and j2 software ceo talking about cybercrime in the age of covid19